Amen, amen. Thank you. Uh, you got a Bible with you? Say yes. And uh, the book of Colossians this morning, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 is what we're going to look at today as we begin our Family Groove Project. And so looking forward to uh, making sure that our family lives are jiving with the Scripture. Can I get a witness on that jive? little reference there. That was funny. But uh, very excited about that. Also, throughout the month of July, we're going to focus on... Uh, really encouraging each one of you to spend time in prayer on a daily basis, praying for uh, your husband, some of you, praying for your wife, some of you, praying for your daughter, and praying for your son. So the next four messages will be dealing specifically with that, how to pray big for husband, wife, son, and daughter. But this morning, we kind of kick it off with the Family Group Project as an introduction message to get everybody on the same page and get the ball going in the same direction. So Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, you got it there. Stand with me, if you will, in honor of God's Word. Uh, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Pay special attention this morning uh, to the first four words that I read here. Uh, The Bible says, and this is Paul writing to the church at Colossae under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saying, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it, with an attitude of thanksgiving. Again, notice those first four words. Devote yourselves to prayer. Father, thank you for your word this morning. God, so many texts of scripture deal specifically with prayer. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would extend to us grace sufficient that we might see families really get involved in prayer. And God, I thank you that we have an opportunity as a church body to corporately lift up our voices to you. And God, I pray that that would spill over into our home lives and that we uh, would be spiritually led by you, that we would genuinely seek you with our whole hearts. And God, you are sovereign and you have chosen that prayer uh, is a way in which you work upon the earth. And so, God, I ask that we would not take that lightly, but join you in your endeavor uh, to redeem individuals and bring people to yourself, make disciples. And God, help us to join you in that endeavor through prayer. So we pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts, speak to families, help us to see that family does matter. Very important message, and I pray that it sticks to our heart. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray, and everybody said, amen. So you can be seated. John Maxwell has written a bunch of books. One of the books that he's written that I really enjoy is entitled Today Matters. And it's interesting because in this book, what he does is he records a sociological study between two sets of families. And really what he was doing is he was being driven by the question, does family matter? So he ran across an individual named Richard Dugdale in the 1800s who actually did a study of a family that was a notorious uh, gang family. In fact, this family, uh, just to save confidentiality, uh, Richard Dugdale began to call the Jukes family. And the Jukes family uh, really had about 709 members that were studied, estimated around 1,200 descendants. And he was astonished at what he found whenever he was studying the Jukes family. Of the 1,200 individuals, there were 180 of them who became beggars. 140 were criminals. 60 of them were habitual thieves. 60 were, or I'm sorry, 50 were common prostitutes. The family was so notorious in that particular day that a local factory 
manager had a list of all of the individuals who were members of the Jukes family on file, making sure that they did not hire one of them to be an employee. So you can see the Jukes family, obviously, because of the beginning stages of this family, being involved in such uh, turmoil and notorious living, it affected many, many generations to come. But on the other hand, we have uh, a study done in 1900 by A.E. Winship who looked at some 1,400 descendants of John and Sarah Edwards. Uh, Jonathan Edwards was a theologian. He's a pastor, president of Princeton. He and his wife had 11 children, three sons, eight daughters. And among them, Winship found 13 college presidents, 65 professors, 100 lawyers, 30 judges, 66 physicians, and 80 holders of public office, including three U.S. senators, three mayors, three governors, a controller of the U.S. Treasury, and a U.S. vice president. See, John Maxwell, after comparing and contrasting these two families, came to the conclusion that without any doubt, family does matter. Now, my prayer this morning is that you and I would see that how we choose to lead our family today holds great impact for generations to come. In fact, I want us to focus uh, on Concord's families so that we might become disciplined in our lives for the purpose of devotion toward God. And with that in mind, throughout the month of July, we're going to focus on our family's prayer lives, which leads me really to ask uh, a very simple question. Uh, does your family pray together? Does your family spend time in prayer? Now, it doesn't count if right now you're thinking about the blessing before the meal. Y'all all right? Uh, that is not what I'm talking about. But a step further, is there a time in any given day, at any given moment, where your family comes together and genuinely spends time in prayer? prayer. You know, after giving it some thought, although I was raised in a church home uh, and enjoyed that, I, without a doubt, do not remember ever our family being challenged to spend time in prayer with one another. Now, there's no doubt that we were encouraged to pray uh, for times of revival as a church body, pray for mission trips, pray for other special events. I can even recall a time when we were challenged as individuals to pray to the Lord and spend time with Him and give an instruction on how to spend time alone with God. But as I thought about it, I was encouraged to pray to the Lord by myself. I was encouraged to pray uh, with the entirety of the body of believers, but somehow the idea of family prayer really was skipped over, which is odd when we consider the foundational building block of the church and society is the family. You know, Billy Graham has said, apart from religious influence, the family is the most important unit of society. Chuck Swindoll tells us a family is a place where principles are hammered and honed on the anvil of everyday living. In the course of my study, I read about Charles Haddon Spurgeon's family. And his family literally had a custom where every single Sunday evening, they would gather together and read verses and verses of Scripture, and then they would discuss them. And after that, they would pray. And Charles Haddon Spurgeon writes, and I quote, some of the words of our mother's prayers we shall never forget even when our hair is gray. 
Now, many of you recall at the beginning of this year, there was a challenge for individuals to get in the groove. That was a challenge, literally spend time individually seeking the Lord in prayer. We spent much time on that in the month of January. One of the key verses during that time was another verse by Paul, the apostle written in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, where the Bible says, pray without ceasing. So there is a challenge we see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament in this arena called prayer, where we are literally, because of God's sovereignty, we've been given uh, the ordained opportunity to lift up and to beg God, speaking to him, asking him to work. And so we were challenged to do that as individuals, but now my goal and really my heart is that our individual prayer lives would spill over into our family prayer lives. So we're going to challenge you this week, and that's really what the whole Family Groove Project is all about. It is designed to encourage you and equip your family to spend time together in prayer. Now, I can only imagine what that would be like if families got serious about prayer and they began to really seek the Lord through prayer. So by way of introduction to the Family Group Project, I want to ask a couple of questions. One, why should my family pray together? That's a good question. Why should we? And then two, how can I practically get started praying with my family? So those are the two questions. Why should my family pray together, and how can I practically get started doing it? So here's the uh, first reason why your family should be praying together. And if you have uh, your listening guide with you this morning, you can jot these uh, truths down. But first of all, praying together magnifies our loyalty to God as well as our need to go- or for God. So we note the birth of the New Testament church in the book of Acts. And the birth is noted by the coming of the Holy Spirit to indwell the believer. See, immediately after the church's birth, we discover taking place something among followers of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, the Bible says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. See, the new believers, the new converts, the birth of the church gave rise to believers pursuing consistently what was being taught by the apostles. They fellowship with one another through the breaking of bread and prayer. And this is the idea of commonly coming together for a regular meal and praying as a family. See, believers would gather together in homes for a meal and for prayer. And then the Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 46, it indicates that they did this day by day, breaking bread from house to house. So eating together and praying together, listen, was not abnormal for the Christian family, but actually the norm for a Christian family. This is what Christians did in the early church. Now, in fact, the prayer life of a new believer was a mark of genuine loyalty to the Lord. Think about it. I could not claim with authenticity that I was a follower of the Lord if I never prayed. So how then can I claim to lead a Christian family if we never express the Christian character of prayer? You know, one of the markers which separate uh, professing Christian families from practicing Christian families is prayer. So as your family prays together, husband and wife and uh, mother, father and children, you are displaying a true sense of loyalty to the Lord and not simply lip service to him. If my family prays together, we're giving indication that we not only are loyal to the Lord, but we're also giving indication that we actually need the Lord. 
In a very similar fashion, if I live my life void of praying personally, it's as if I think I can do this thing on my own. So now if we take that same idea and drop it down on the family, if our family never genuinely prays together, are we not in fact saying that we think we can handle this whole family deal on our own? But as I seek the Lord, I am given evidence that I am in desperate need of the Lord. And what I have found is that the more I pray, the more I realize I need Him. And then our families, if we are seeking the Lord, we will discover that we are in desperate need for the Lord to be in our lives and working. And listen closely now. This is a, a message not for the, uh, the Christianese. Y'all all right? Uh, so often we come to church and we... And this is how, man, I, I grew up. I heard a bunch of good sermons, don't get me wrong, but never was I really challenged. Uh, never do I remember our family really being challenged. It was like, that was just a good sermon. That was a great message. And then we would leave and kind of do our own thing. But hopefully by uh, the grace and hand of God, you will hear a message and see that this idea of praying together is not foreign. It is biblical. This is what Christians do. We want to be a church body, not made up of a whole bunch of just religious people who talk about the Lord and are like, hey, that was a good message. Hey, that was a good song. We want to be a group of people who are genuinely pursuing the Lord. So we've got to do that as families also. So as we spend time in family, praying together, we are magnifying our loyalty to God as well as our need for Him. But then number two, praying together helps us maintain unity as a family. So here's a principle I've learned as far as praying with my family. Uh, if Krista and I are at odds with it, one another, we can't pray properly. Therefore, for our families to maintain a prayer life, it is essential that we keep short accounts with one another. That is, we have to work things out so that our prayers will not be hindered. Listen to what Peter writes in 1 Peter 3 and 7, speaking to husbands. He says, you husbands, in the same way, live with your wife in an understanding way, as with someone weaker since she was a woman. And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. And listen to this, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Did you hear this? So that your prayers will not be hindered. This text of scripture teaches that the way a husband treats a wife can actually hinder or block their prayers. And this moves us to state the fact that our prayers can be blocked. Our prayers can be hindered. It also moves us to state that our prayers can be blocked by how we treat other people in our family. So if we are degrading, if we are unloving, if we are cynical, hateful, spiteful, ugly towards someone in our family, it has an absolute bearing on our personal prayer lives as individuals and as families. Therefore, Peter, what he's doing is he's really encouraging us to live in such a way with our family that it will not hinder our prayer life. Think about that for a moment. When you and I prioritize prayers of family, we're going to want to live in such a manner with one another that we do not hinder our prayer lives. This will cause us to strive for unity and peace within our families. And you know what this means? Uh, this means that for many families who are uh, probably even going to be here this morning, your prayers are being hindered because you're not living in harmony with your family members. 
Therefore, you, as a family, are going to have to put on some compassion, some forgiveness, some love in order to just come together and begin the family groove project. This means that there's going to have to be some settling of accounts between family members so that you can pray together. And then as you pray together, you'll discover that it helps you maintain unity within your family. You know, one commentator notes, and I quote, the family relation is hallowed. That literally means holy or set apart as holy. The family is set apart as holy. Listen to this. He notes, by family prayer. So why should we pray together as a family? Because it magnifies our loyalty to the Lord, it magnifies our need for God, but it also helps bring about unity in our families. Now the third reason that families should pray together is very simple. Praying together keeps us wide awake to God's agenda. Praying together keeps us wide awake to God's agenda. You know, Paul the Apostle was a man of prayer without any doubt whatsoever. His attitude of prayer kept him awake to what God was doing in his life. In fact, in my personal devotion this past week, I've been reading through uh, the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And in chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says that he's going to remain in Ephesus because a, listen, wide door of effective service had opened for him. So what made him sensitive to God's opening up the door in his life for ministry? Well, Paul tells us in Colossians 4, 2 through 4, when he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Keep alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Then notice the Bible. It says praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ. See, Paul had learned to use prayer as a means to keep his eyes wide open to God's work around him. Now, apply that principle to the life of a family that is in prayer. A praying family finds themselves more involved in the work of God's kingdom because by the Spirit's work in them, they are more in tune with what God is doing. And as a family gets together and prays, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal doors of opportunity for ministry, even in the context of your family. Are y'all out there? It's pretty interesting, this idea of praying together as a family. Now, as a praying family, uh, we will note that our children learn to call out to God by our example as fathers. Our children learn to call out to God uh, by your example as mothers. They learn to look to God for wisdom, direction, understanding, and guidance. They learn to be thankful to God by your example in prayer. They learn to listen to God by your example in prayer. They learn to trust God by your example in prayer. See, a family learns to listen for what God wants for the family through prayer. How God wants them to worship, how God wants them to reach out with the gospel, how God wants them to grow in their faith, and how God wants them to serve others. Listen, look at the preacher about eyeball. Our mission as a church is to make disciples everywhere. We didn't even make that up. Jesus told us to do that, right? So we are here to make disciples everywhere, and everywhere includes your home. One of the great places that Krista and I have the opportunity to make disciples is in our house. We want to lead our children to come to know Jesus Christ personally and lead them to grow up in the Lord and in their faith. Now, I don't know about you, but um, it's interesting. If we are not a praying 
family. If my wife isn't joining me in prayer, if my sons and daughters are not joining me in prayer, how can we say we value our relationship with God? How can we claim to be a family that is Christian if one of the supreme practices of the Christian faith is prayer and we don't do it? Now, I don't know um, what goes on in your mind when you hear a message like this, but uh, the family God has given me, I, I, I see, is the greatest gift I have received. And when the Lord puts um, these sorts of messages on my heart, he makes me do a ton of reflecting in my own life. Uh, and in this case, in my family's life, and listen, sometimes you'll hear a guy uh, behind the pulpit be preaching like he's got it all together. Uh, that is so the opposite behind this pulpit, y'all with me? So I am growing in this thing with you. I am seeking uh, to be the man of God that God has called me to be. But as I look at our family structure, I began to kind of take some inventory, right? So Garrison, who's our oldest son, is 10, Maddie is 7, uh, Gavin is 6, and Marley is 4. And yes, I have those written down in case you were wondering. But you think about this, all right? Krista and I have Garrison at home right now, okay? So uh, bottom line is, if he's 10 and he graduates at 18 and goes off to college, then in my brain, I'm like, we've got eight more years to invest in his life. And then you just back it up. Maddie, we got 11 years. Gavin, we got 12 years. Marla, we got 14 years. And we're going to need all 14. Y'all with me? <laughs> but we have this opportunity to invest in their discipleship so that they can grow in their faith. Now, what do I really want my children to say about their family lives? Or go a step further, you know, we kind of ask you, uh, for those of you listening who still have children at home, what do you want your children to say about their family life? When it's all said and done, I don't want our kids to get around and be like, the most important thing in our home was work. I, I don't want our kids to get around and say, the most important thing in our home was sports. And I don't want our kids to say, the most important thing in our home was money. I would love for them to be able to get together and say for real, say with some authenticity that the most important thing in our home was God. Now, I do not see, are y'all listening say yeah? I do not see how my children would ever come to that conclusion if we don't pray together. And as we pray together, it keeps our eyes wide open to God's agenda. Now, everybody look at me. Because I did, I had some conversations with some folks after the first service. And so here, here's uh, something that uh, somebody mentioned to me, which I think is valuable and should be uh, said in this message. He says, man, I listened to the, like, the whole sermon and felt horrible the whole time. All right, this is a, a father, a husband. He says, I've not prayed with my family like I ought to. And so the entire time for like 20 minutes while you're preaching, I just feel horrible about myself. And uh, some of you may feel that way also. If that's you, please stand up. No, I'm just kidding. But you, you get me. So you may be in here and you're like, well, I don't pray. Man, you may be a dad. You may be a, a husband. You're like, man, I don't pray with my wife. I don't pray with my children. I don't pray at home. I don't do this. I don't do this. And you're feeling real like bad about it and as i'm preaching like accusation after accusation comes against you hey i got phenomenal news for you this morning for those of you who are in christ 
1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 tells us that we have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ the righteous. So as the accuser of the brethren who is the devil, the enemy, demonic forces begin to accuse you like you're a sorry dad, you're a sorry mom, you're a sorry leader, you're a sorry this, know this, he is accusing you so that through guilt he might keep you from being who God's created you to be. But while he's accusing you, Jesus Christ is your advocate, always standing before God the Father, and you, according to God's record of keeping, because of Christ, are absolutely righteous. It's a gift of God. All right? So you don't need to walk out of here with your tail between your legs all bummed out because you've not been praying as a family. All right? What you need to do is just be challenged, be like, I'm a, we're going to start doing it. And that will change how your family relates and how they grow. Now, with that in mind, y'all still with me, yeah? Uh, awesome stuff that we've had the opportunity to do. We kind of set up a little table over here so you can see this. This is our Family Groove Project table. And what we as a staff did, because how I kind of grew up and, uh, in church especially, is I would hear a message and... He would say, here's what needs to be going on. Here's what needs to happen. Here's what the biblical basis for that is. But never give really any practical instruction, all right? So he would be given like the principle, and I'd walk out being like, that's right. But in my mind, I could not figure out how to actually make that happen. I don't want you to be this way. <laughs> Y'all out there? So you've heard the biblical premise of family prayer. Now... We're going to say, how can we practically get started actually doing this in our own? So we have created this thing called the Family uh, Groove Project. Every single family in the church, and if you're single, you can get one of these as well. But every family in the church is going to get one of these Family Groove Buckets. And we've put these together for your family to help you spend time in devotion to the Lord as a family. That's pretty neat. This is a, kind of a mock dinner table. This is what our dinner table looks like at home. <laughs> Get in here, kids. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, kind of how we do our devotion at our house is we do it uh, before supper. So we do a little devotion, uh, we say some prayers, and then we uh, pray and we eat. Now, we're going to do the same thing, Lord willing, with your family on your own. All right? So what we've had in this bucket are all sorts of goodies. First of all, we got some throwback candy. Y'all with me on that? we got some of these old pixie sticks, which are old school pixie sticks, like very old. You may not want to eat those. But anyway, we've also got in here some old school now and laters. And I'm telling you, man, it's amazing what you can find on Google. Can I get a witness on that? So it's like, Google, what's some 60s candy? It'll blow your brain out, man. <laughs> but inside here, we as a staff have put this uh, together for you. And one of the things that we've got is a Family Groove Project Family Devotional Guide. All right, so you've got a devotional guide. Now, as we sat down as a, uh, a team, we began to realize, you know, there may be a family that comes to church and they have never uh, had a devotion. They've never prayed out loud together as a family. So how can we kind of ease people into this, get the ball rolling that we don't scare folks? So what we did is we uh, put together three devotions a week, all right? And those devotions start next week. And you can choose uh, wherever and even whenever you want to do them as a family. But you're going to be challenged to do it. And so you'll kind of uh, do this. And dad, if you're in the house, 
you're the spiritual leader. So you need to be the one who takes the bucket, and maybe you go home, and like we're going to do at our house, you're going to set that bucket right in the dead center of your dinner table. You know what that does? It reminds you what you need to be doing. All right? And then there's a devotion in here. We've broken this devotion up into three categories. The first one is simply called Superfly Word. Let that sink in. And there's some scripture to read, a paragraph. And then there's a second deal. It's called far out application. (laughs) So embarrassing. And then the last one is called your next groove. (laughs) Instead of move, it's groove. Golly. So anyway, in here, what you're going to do is you're going to, and it's not long, it's not long at all. Five to ten minutes is the length that you'll actually take. And uh, it's not like, you know, whenever I do devotions at home, I stand up and make everybody stand up. Let's read the scripture together. I'm not preaching a sermon to my family. We're just living the Christian life, sharing some things that the Lord's teaching us. And man, as we go through this, you're going to be lined out uh, with all sorts of stuff that you'll be able to do that are very, very simple. And what we've done in the far out application section is we've given a list of questions that you can ask so the family can have some discussion around the table. Now, uh, some of you are like, well, I don't have children. I, I, I have teenagers. And some of you are like, I don't have children or teenagers. Good news for all sets, all right? We've designed it so that there are specific questions for children, there are specific questions for teenagers, and then there are also specific questions for adults. So no matter what stage of life you are in, this will apply to you, and it will challenge you in your thinking. And then you'll move on to your next groove, and that's when you're going to be challenged as a family to take out these uh, tongue depressors. And these tongue depressors are basically a quick way to check one another's tonsils. Y'all all right? Well, that's not what you're going to do. They're called prayer sticks is what we're using them for. And so throughout the study, throughout the devotion, you're going to be challenged to hand out these prayer sticks to everybody in your family. So you'll deal them up. You know, I'll deal these out right after I throw my Pop-Tarts at the kids. And then uh, we'll talk about our prayer requests. They'll write them down. And then we'll have a time of prayer. Now, you can do it a couple of different ways. One way is I can lead in prayer. I can take up all of these little prayer sticks, and I can pray specifically for every single request. Or we can just leave the prayer sticks in their hands, pray in a little circle, and let each one of them say a word of prayer. All right? So there's your options. But what's neat is you're going to keep all of your prayer requests throughout the entirety of the month of July. And then at the end of July, we'll come back to this, and I'll challenge you to, as a family, sit down and put every single prayer request out and pull the ones out that you have seen the Lord answer. And it'll just be a time of thanksgiving. Can I get a witness on that? So it's going to be pretty neat. There's also, whenever you're doing the next groove, your family's going to be challenged to have an action step. Take a step. And you're going to write down what your action step is on the groovy step cards provided here as well. So everything that you need to have a family devotion tucked right away in this family groove bucket. Now, throughout July, I'm going to talk about how to pray big. Praying big for your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter. And Randy's helped us out tremendously here. He's actually gone and created some uh, large bookmarks that you can put in your Bible. And these bookmarks, one of them is called Praying for Your Husband. So you ladies, you'll be able to pray for your husband. There's 30 days set out right here. 30 prayers that you can lift up for your husband. And if you're not married and you hopefully one day want to have a husband, start praying for your future husband. 
Be a good prayer. And then we also got pray for your wife, 30 days. Then we also have pray for your children, 30 days. So all of these things can be divvied up among your family, and you guys can begin to spend time in prayer. Now, y'all still with me? Say yes. Here's what's neat about the whole concept. Is everybody in your small group Sunday school class is going to be involved in doing this as well. So on Sunday nights, uh, beginning next Sunday night, your small group discipleship class Sunday school is going to be meeting on Sunday evenings. And you're going to gather together as a group with your families. And you're going to be able to see a short DVD intro that we've put together for you that's going to ask you some specific questions and teach you a little more about praying and praying as a family. And then once that DVD's over, your leader is going to guide you through a discussion whereby you can learn from one another, pray for one another, and grow with one another. So you'll want to be a part of that. Now, y'all still, still tracking with me, aren't you? Now, here's where we kind of end the whole message, all right? You can kind of see up here on the stage, all of these buckets are laid out. So the goal is that you as a family would actually come and you would grab a bucket, all right? And so you can send a representation from your family during the invitation to grab a bucket. Or your whole family can come. It's all good. That's how it worked last service. It was pretty good. So anybody who wants a bucket, you come and you get one. And you are a part of the Family Groove Project. Now, think about it. Your family's praying, my family's praying, y'all's family's praying. What a difference prayer will make. Can I get a witness on that? So let's get involved. Why are we going to sit around as a church and talk about praying and never do it? That would have been a good place. Y'all going to give you another opportunity? Why would we sit around church talking about prayer but never do it? So let's do it, man. Here's where it's at. I'm going to say a word of prayer for us. We'll have an invitation. During the invitation, you come as a family, grab your bucket. Father, thank you so much.